Welcome to 12 Rows Back. We bring you footy from the fans' perspective. Uh, we are, what, mid, just finished round eight, Tom? Yeah, third of the way through the year, I guess, if you, oh, maybe almost a third if you include finals. So we're, we're right into it. We are. Absolutely we are. There are, I think we said this on on, on our Sunday review, uh, we've got three at the top, a host of others in the eight, a host of others outside the eight, and then a few clearly at the bottom. Uh, sort of teams are starting to make their move. If you want to jump into the eight, now's your chance. And uh, without notice, as a team, they've won three in a row, Tom, and they're primed to jump in for that eight spot. And I'm talking about Port Adelaide. Yeah, look, I'm I'm fully with you. It's it's the kind of season where if you can get on a on a roll and sort of win a few uh, on the trot, four five even that you, you're gonna it's gonna go a long way. So I'm definitely uh, keen to see who does that. We're we're getting to the point too where it sort of is becoming you know one two even three game gaps between certain positions. So I think if the the dogs don't get the job done and and Richmond have a win, they're two games out. And you don't want to be at that point, you know, round nine, we're basically knocking on the door of the halfway point of the year. You don't want to be two plus games back from the uh, top eight. It is incredibly hard to chase down. Uh, and we've seen that from the Bombers, you know, chasing down and, and getting there and, and that being good enough. But you're not going to go deep. So that's it. It, there's, there's some teams on a knife's edge, I'll tell you that. Yeah, there is. And uh, yeah, I think West Coast and Port, not many had them outside the eight. At their start of the year with their crystal ball ladders. Uh, so, a little bit to play out. Some interesting games this weekend and some not so interesting games, which I'm sure we're going to get to, Tom. Uh, what do you what do you want to look at? What, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, you got anything well, you really want to suggest? You just want to shoot the uh, the proverbial. Well, we've got we've got a good agenda, but it's one of those weeks where there's a lot of. Good stories, but not probably that headline story. I think you know it's it's a quietish week. I would say it has been. Uh, I, uh, Harry Mackay going yeah. in for surgery that came out of nowhere. Yeah, six weeks. Uh, he's looking at that. That's massive for the Blues. So, like you've said, banking the wins massive because just don't know what it. You know, Charlie's in great form. Charlie Kerno, flying form, but you know, getting the best defender now. Does it change his game? You know, we, we want to see a full year out of him because he's got all Australian potential. So it's uh, it's one for Vossi to really ponder because so it's not going to be an easy cover. We're talking a Coleman medalist. Are we still talking about Harry and Ben being the same player? Because, like, Ben clearly hurt himself last week. Yep. And now he's in for surgery and suddenly Harry out of nowhere has to go and have surgery. <laughs> Call it, well, I just want to see them play against each other in a game. That'll prove this once and for all, and we haven't seen it. Oh, Harry wouldn't get a kick, would he? <laughs> well, I, I can't tell, because we're going on which brother's which. It's like the Scott twins. I think one of them took an exam for the other back at their uh, school days. That's a true story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't doubt it. Um, uh, I think Harry and Ben are, uh, I think, second or third on the ladder for goals for brothers and Ben hasn't kicked one so <laughs> Jeez, that's uh, carrying carrying your sibling that sure is uh, we've got a few champion data put out a list most improved player list now uh, we'll list some players there's sort of 10 on there there's 20 total um, these are in order it screams of the AFL's herbs and spices style uh, we'll just We'll just sort of make this up to sort of get some players <laughs> so, about. Exactly. So before you jump into the list, so what they've done is I guess they've created a ranking for, you know, impact at important points of games and your impact on game, like a game as a whole. But obviously, you know, if you take a defensive mark with 10 seconds to go and win the game, that's obviously better than a little cheapy uh, switch. So they've, they've tried to, I guess, make it, yeah, the impact you've had in a match uh, and ranking it uh, and they've looked at last year versus this year. So, uh, we'll, well, let's get into the list because there's a few names that are jumping up that I'm already querying on there, Seb. I don't know if you want to go 1 to 10 or 10 to 1 and, and build to the number 1 because I know you'll have some thoughts on him. Yeah, well, uh, I think number 1 sort of just... Uh, 
takes a little bit of credibility off the list for me. <laughs> um, but we can we can go ten to one. Uh, number ten is Isaac Heaney. Yep, he's improved having a good year. High standard as as is our number nine, Paddy Cripps. So. Well, is it a high standard on Heaney, or is Heaney actually playing like we believe he could? Because he's never been All-Australian. He's just shown some things. Um, you know, belted someone in the head, broke his hand, missed a few weeks. That's the thing I remember him doing most. <laughs> Was that in a, against the Roos, that game? Um, well, no, it might have been the Bombers, I reckon, that one. But, uh, you know, I'm with you. Yeah, look, it, it, he's probably playing as we expect, or he, the way he gets talked about. I'm with you there. He, he, I think it's he's now the way he gets talked about. Because like, um, we expect him to be all-Australian-level talent, and he's, he's at that level this year. So I guess he's playing to type. But, yeah, given, given the run he's had in the... The previous twelve months, you can't blame them for uh, sneaking him into the tenth spot. Yeah, I don't know if they've snuck him in. He just—it's the numbers, isn't it, Tom? Although I said the herbs and spices, I think I think it's a, just a, a numbers game. At ninth is Paddy Cripps. Um, so obviously this is based on last year to this year, and last year he looked like a wounded duck, um, and now he's playing like Superman, clear leader for the Brownlow and. Uh, probably one of the biggest positives to come out of the 2022 season. Um, for the AFL or for the Blues? Probably both. For Yeah, for everything. The entire competition. Um, it just makes you realise how much injuries can... Not Obviously, injuries hurt teams. Individu- you know, your team's got injuries that hurts you way you perform. But when the superstars like Pete Cripps are down and out, and, you know, if you go back and... and benefit of hindsight there are articles from players I, th- I think Lee Matthews declared him a plotter yeah um, game had gone a, past him another one like the, and he's just been terribly injured and carrying a, a mediocre side and now the side's flying he's fit he's not got anything niggling and he's playing like the cripper we know Exactly. I, I think, you know, adding adding goals to his game, he's finally, yeah, got the body right, as you say, and now he can really get forward and run forward, and, yeah, he's finding the scoreboard because he's, he's, he's got the frame to play forward. He could be key, his key position size if you go back a couple of decades, but it's the modern game now. So, he, But he's hitting the scoreboard. That's massive. Yeah. Well, he's the same height as uh, W. Carey. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, playing midfield. One of the all-timers. So... I uh, definitely think he deserves his spot on this list, but where I... and I, I know it's the way they've qualified the list. Most improved, to me, means they've gone to a level they haven't been to before. Whereas yeah, that's this a is, fair. This is... He's improved significantly on last year. I, I get how they're ranking it, but, you know, I knew Cripps was capable of something like this, um, but he's certainly putting together his best ever season. Uh, number eight, it's T Green from the Giants. Yeah, so I was going to say, I've just written Green on the list, so it's not Josh or Brad, but uh, we're talking Tom Green here. Uh, has Toby. lifted in that Giants midfield. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's come along, he, probably flying under the radar, as they tend to do up there in Sydney, and given their two and six and having their worst year in a long time. Uh, not Not often talked about, but certainly having a... A good year, Tom. You would say, uh, absolutely. So, um, I've uh, look. I've pulled out. While you've said that, I've gone back and I've pulled out the exact uh, <laughs> ratings they've done. So it says ratings points are accrued or debited based on an algorithm which looks at equity ratings of an AFL game. It looks at the stat being performed by a player, the location on the ground, and what happens next to determine the value of a player's contribution to the likelihood of a team scoring. So if that ain't herbs and spices, Seb, I don't know what is, but uh, that's the official definition uh, for that one. So I guess it does sort of, uh, in line with that, um, favour our next our next bloke, who's probably had his stats pumped up by a couple of good weeks late, and that's Tom Lynch, uh of the Richmond variety Tigers at, yeah. Tigers, uh, at number seven. So I think, um, you know, he's probably similar to Heaney, I would say, in that we, we probably were expecting him to sort of average at least three a game. And it, look, his last fortnight's been huge, and I think it's uh, it, it, it's pumped him up onto number seven. Yeah, he, he's had some good weeks. He'll have some good weeks in that side. Um, again, you want to see him doing it when they desperately need it, not when they're 
running out and winning significantly, and I wouldn't expect him to stay up here um, as the year goes on, but he certainly improved on what he was dishing out last year. I mean, last year he turned like a semi-truck. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was just it's... impossible. Um, but he absolutely flying. He's the sort of player you'd, you'd want on your side or your, your super coach if you were so inclined. Oh, absolutely. So what do you think of our uh, next bloke on the list at number six? It's uh, Jordan Dugowie. So it, that that's, this seems high for me. Like, I, I know he... Well, so this is Herbs and Spices, right? Yeah. So his improvement is plus 6.5 on the uh, champion data impact list, is what I'm going to call it. Uh, but his stats, he's only averaging 0.7 more disposals, 1.9 more clearances, 0.7 more score involvements, and 1.3 more ground ball gets, which must be rated highly. Um, overall, pretty similar, but he's obviously doing it in more damaging positions. This is the way I read that. Yeah, but look, if you, you're thinking of improvement, though, I mean, six seems high to me. I know, like, it's obviously based on the pure improvement numbers, but you'd have, I would say, Cripps, Heaney, Lynch all had way more impact in, in their improved years than, than to go here at six. Yeah, yeah, that, that's probably a fair comment. Um, I'm kind of making my own list on the run here. That's a gut feel thing. I know it's this is purely stats-based, but I, I just feel like, yeah, look, he's had a solid year, but is he the sixth most improved player in our comp over eight rounds? That seems a bit high for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, it does. It does. Um, well, this is why you can't just look at the numbers, Tom. You've got to watch the games like we do every week. Oh, yeah. uh, number five is Jai Newcomb. Now, he wasn't on a list this time last year. <laughs> how, was he, how was he fifth most improved? Well, so, so this one's a sample size issue. We're going off uh, half a season's worth. Well, it's two half seasons, basically. Uh, well, in between, he that. gets an AFL preseason in him, so I guess the improvement's almost to be expected. Oh, absolutely. He's not. He's barely even done that, Tom. Like, I just want to. I want to find out how many games he's even played. <laughs> nah, that that look that that's fair. I mean, uh, tackle numbers. I know, like his debut, it was. He's a played more games fest. this year than he did last year. He's played 14 total. Six last year, eight this year. So, Jeez, maybe, maybe that's purely done it. He's just... No, no, they wouldn't do it that way. But, um, well, I mean, he was huge on that Easter Monday clash. So, I guess, you know, we are saying there are enough stats to put this together. But there's also smaller sample size. If you can have a couple of massive games, I'm, I'm betting it'll skew these uh, ratings as well. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, and I think that's the Tom Lynch thing as well, coming home to roost. Um Certainly can't fault what John Newcomb's done. Um, no, but. well, yeah, like we said, he, he's had some massive games, so that's that's what you want out of him. But I I, I wonder if he holds uh, this spot if we uh, look at the list at the end of the year. Uh, I dare say he will, because he only had nine touches a game last year, and he's up to twenty-two. Um, oh, he's, look, that's, he's that, that, that's that's you've sold me. That's enough for me. That, <laughs> that, he's is definitely weighted numbers based on coming in as a or technically. I don't know what what's mature age now. Do you have to be over twenty one? Oh, jeez! It, it, it feels like anyone who's then, not you know drafted in the you know national draft is almost a mature age. Mature. <laughs> well, then he's technically, even though he's he's he'll turn twenty one this year. He's it keeps um, uh, getting younger and younger. The uh, mature age, like it, it used to be, you know, you'd have to be like you know, Podsy Adley was mature age, <laughs> and it's just gone down probably since. But he was on Essendon's list when they won the flag in 2000, Tom. That Really? That is a great pickup. Yeah. Don't ask me why I was looking at that tonight. <laughs> but I can factually say I was looking at that. It was 2000 or 2001, and he was down there on the bottom. I think he was just rookie listed. Rookie listed. Wow. Still. Hung in there. That counts. It counts when you're at the club when they win the flag. Hey, you can run on the ground after the, uh, the cup's lifted. Damn straight. Uh, number four. Yeah, ben so long. You'll have to help me through this one. <laughs> no, look, uh, look. He's been solid long. I think this is one. Um, you know, I've I've loved his work. I, I hope he plays for us for the rest of the year, Longy, because he's a bit of a wild card and he attacks the footy sometimes. 
you know, with a suspension pending for recklessness, but uh, he just makes good decisions for us on ground. He's He's got a bit of that... Uh, you don't want him to be too coached, if you know what I mean, as in, you know, we, you have all your structures and your play, but he, he's a genuine, helpful wildcard, I find, uh, in that sense. Not saying he's breaking team rules. I'm just saying, you know, he, he can produce things that others can't uh, just through instinct. So, anyway, he he's one that spent a lot of time in the twos last year. So, dare I say, I think he sort of, he's nailed that spot for us on half-back. Uh, going solidly, I, I don't think his numbers are are extreme, but you know when you're sort of in and out of the side last year, then that you can improve on that. That's for sure. So uh, four four is high, uh, if I'm being honest on this list. Would you have had any other saint ahead of him? I probably would have had Jack Sinclair uh, ahead of him. Uh, you could argue Max King uh, is up there as well. Sinclair was 14. So. Oh, so there he appears on the list. Uh, Brad Crouch, he, he's lifted for us as well, statistically. Maybe he's doing the Zachy Merritt and getting his in the back half. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't have picked Longy. It would be uh, number four if you picked a Saints player, but I'll take it, Seb. Yeah, I I wouldn't have had him there either. But uh, you, you can have it. Uh, number three, another blue bagger, George Hewitt. Yeah, he's, so... He's, he, he might have been my number one, just coming into it, not seeing the list, just thinking most improved, because uh, he's been dynamic for the Blues. He's been huge. I I did like his work for the Swans. I thought he was he was very, very solid for them. Um, you know, probably gets lost a bit under, you know, Parker, Kennedy, Heaney, Mills, all those young guns they're bringing through. So I think he got, you know, he got lost in the mix probably was still he'd be in the Swans best 22 don't worry about that but he sniffed an opportunity out with the Blues and what the Blues lack I think we were saying last year Seb is is players that you know are disciplined for the team and and stick to their role and they're not trying to run off and you know get get the cheap ball Liam Jones sort of style and uh he's one that you know Vossi can set his watch to this is your task and he'll go and do it and at the moment that task is basically getting 20 plus every week so uh, and I think, yeah, his numbers probably stack up over the course of the first eight weeks. So when you've got, you know, two months of solid stats uh, to back you versus, you know, sort of he, he was tagging and, uh, follow, you know, following players around last year. Um, so I think that's also skewed it. But he's been massive and he's been huge for the Blues. I'm interested that there's certain teams on this list uh, that have jumped up. And, you know, this is sort of why, uh, you know, Hewitt and Cripps just two, two for the Blues, but uh, that's how you jump into the eight. Yeah, you need improvement from from within. Uh, number two, a steak knives deal. Yeah. Uh, Will Will Brody from the, the Frio Dockers. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that this he's not at number one for mine. He, he sort of, he, you know, came from the Gold Coast. I don't... He probably he he wasn't getting a run in that midfield. That's where he was at. He couldn't get into the Gold Coast midfield. Make of that what you will. Uh, whether or not he just didn't develop pro- properly, which does tend to happen up there. Um, the, he's gone to Frio for I can't even tell you what the deal was, but I, it it was, it was cheap a salary dump and picks exactly. So it, it basically yeah steak knives and he's turned into an almost thirty possession a game midfielder. Seb, that's massive for me. Yeah, no, he's been outstanding and a big part of what they're doing over there. Um, and I don't, I don't think Frio knew what they were getting. Yeah, they were just when they when they brought him in, they just saw the value in getting an extra draft pick, and obviously they had to pay him. And he's out of contract at the end of the year, and and he's probably going to pick up a nice little bag. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, you know, Chera leaves, and they're sort of how do you cover the loss? Well, you know, they're not the same kind of player, but he's 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 done plenty, and they're not missing Chera at all, are they? No, no, and that's amazing to say. But yeah, um, it's also Cheris having a bad year for the Blues. He's having impact, but um, they've been able to cover, and, yeah. and they're, they're not missing Nat Vive, the two-time Brownlow medalist. Yeah, that's nuts, isn't it? Their, their mix it. is just so good, and Brody can come in as that real pure insider, and he's just loving it. He's getting that run and playing. You know, he's a top ten pick, so you'd expect uh, expect this from him, but it. Took him going to Frio and getting developed there over the summer to, uh, you know, he, he might have another level. 
Yeah, well, yeah, if he's well, sorry, when I say level, I mean, you know, he's not going to get 40 every week. I mean, sort of, I guess, getting to this 30 possession and doing it season after season might be his next level. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, he's certainly he's gone to a level. And if he keeps it up, he's going to be... Who know, He might be a premiership player, Tom. That's all I'll say. Yeah, well, you you love your Frio. I love it, Seb. Look, we, we're, we've built up to it. So we're, here we are at number one. Uh, like we've said, Heaney, Cripps, Green, Lynch, Degoe, Newcomb, Long, Hewitt, Brody, and this bloke tops them all, and he's a Roo. Yeah, yeah, yep, he, he is. Um, Tristan Cherry tops our yeah. list. Well, I, I'm I'm just staggered that he's considered most improved because in the competition, Seb, this this is a rare positive for the Roos. Thank you. Um, he. he has not improved. He's been given game time to play more footy. Um, it's certainly not having an impact in... I can't believe it's having an impact in scoring or, or when games are important because we haven't played in many. Um, like, he, his numbers have all gone up because I've been playing as a number one ruckman, which I've refused to do for a number of years, and I can't see us keeping him. He's going to be shipped off. But oh, is oh. that what they're going to do, or is that what you want them to do? Because are, oh, you, are you? Is he your future in the ruck position? I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you, you've seen plenty of Ruse games. So you know. You, oh you can, my word, I have. I'm and, probably one of the more educated uh, experts in the matter. Yeah, and games. You know, in in attendance at the venue, you do get a different perspective there too. So what what have you seen of him? You know, work rate or presence? Well, very ironic in this article, which you can see on ESPN.com.au. Uh, the champion data photo of Tristan Cherry is him up against Tim English, who gave him an absolute bath when we played the Dogs. So uh, you can tick presents off the list then? Either the coaches didn't tell Cherry to run with English, or he refused to, because English just kept going forward and getting involved in scoring. Um, look, we probably... At North Melbourne, we used to Todd Goldstein as a ruckman who's been exceptional for a number of years and, and has the most hit-outs in the history of the game. Yep. Yeah, fact. Uh, so you want someone exceptional coming through to sort of dislodge your, your champion off the perch, and this guy ain't it. Um, he, uh, his improvement in the ratings and the numbers is purely based on the fact that his game time last year was as, as a third forward pinch hitting in the ruck. He's obviously going to be better as a ruckman, so we've played him there for the majority of the game. But he's not, like he's not. He's not. He's not giving you a presence. He's not hitting contests. He's not sitting down the line and marking everything. Um, I don't know if he will be, but um, you know, we'll, we'll happily try and get that second round pick back out of the Saints this year. <laughs> yeah, well, that that was the deal on the table. I mean, if you'd said, "Oh, he's going to be the most improved player in the comp," you know, that might have been cheap. But uh, yeah, I don't know if that value will hold up. We'll see. We want a ruckman, so you know you might you might have fattened him up for market, as they say. Seb, uh, it might be the only thing we're doing. But the the other guy we're paying five hundred thousand dollars a year for on a four year deal, Callan Coleman Jones, uh, can't get a game. So uh, interesting times at North, which I think we'll touch on later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with, with one of the all time great rumours. Yeah, I, I, I love um, when you get into the rumours. Uh, ju- so just for English, uh, English interest. Uh, I'll give the you know eleven to twenty. <laughs> so you had English at eleven, Acres at twelve, Chapman at thirteen, Sinclair at fourteen, McGovern fifteen, Lipinski sixteen, Kerno seventeen, uh, Ginnivan eighteen, Bolton nineteen, and Perkins at twenty. So. You know, a couple of teams down low, but majority of teams you you would have said have lifted this year and, and yeah, have found that natural improvement uh, with a few of the guys that have appeared in this 20. Yeah, now there's one name who's not on this list who I thought was just, he was just one of the best halfbackers in the competition. Um, but what, what like, Nick Hind, I thought was flying for Essendon last year and was just going to be better and better and the Bombers were on the up and Hind was going to be uh, you know he was most improved last year he's dropped off significantly Tom I think they were saying Hind was more valuable than Saad they were and I I really haven't heard that repeated this year so am I wrong in saying I think he bobbed up as the sub uh, might have been Anzac Day 
<laughs> he was dropped. Yeah, yeah he, he's stayed in the side as a sub. Exactly. Really, really lost his spot in the uh, the pecking order. I guess like last year, improved out of sight because, I mean, what does he do best? He he he's a runner and he's quick and, and he breaks the line. So he had free reign to do that last year in a bombers side that didn't have a whole lot of expectations on them. Maybe I, I don't know if he's just had a poor preseason or the bombers have tried to look elsewhere, but he just. They've taken that license off him, basically, and, and his form suffered. Um, he just, yeah, I, I, they're actually a lot younger than I thought the Bombers. If you sort of look who's out there for them, um, you know, they're, they're not that team that we, you know, season bodies going top four. They're a young team that got lucky last year, and now, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, there's a few with the second-year Blues in there. There's some new kids. There's a... A kid they picked up a couple of months ago who's bobbed up for a couple of uh, goals out the back. And, um, yeah, he, he's just, I guess, lost his spot. I can't tell you who's taken it, but maybe I think they've just restructured how they're coming out of the back line. Not well, uh, mind you. Uh, and he just can't get uh, a spot. Was that kid who they picked up a couple of months ago in reference to Martin? Uh, yeah, that's right. I rate that. I rate that. Um, that is shades of uh, when, when the... Adelaide AFLW announced that Erin um, Phillips was leaving and obviously she's going over to Port Adelaide. <laughs> They've said, oh, Erin Phillips is off to play with an unnamed expansion club. Yeah, just a little crisp <laughs> one on the way out. Absolutely nothing. Um, yeah, oh, it got me thinking the most improved. Um, who, who's like dropped off significantly and, and before you start, Tom, I don't want to start naming players who are just that little bit older and, and finishing. So... You probably won't name anyone from Geelong. Um, <laughs> like they, who, like, are there, uh, are there others who have, have played were playing well last year and just can't seem to capture that form? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, good without question notice, with it, without notice. <laughs> I don't know why Geelong players coming up in my head. I mean, can I mean Higgins is older. Is he off limits? Mitch Duncan yeah. hasn't had a great year. Well, he's been injured. Cam Guthrie. Yeah, don't know what don't know what his deal is. He, he's just just going along. I mean, Gunston's lifted for the Hawks, but Bruce. I'm going the old blokes. They, Bruce has been all right. I shouldn't be potting him. Uh, I'm I'm trying. I need to sort of consider the the blokes that are sort of in and out out of teams. Isaac Rankin's going backwards slowly. Yeah, I know. But then you know he bobs up on the weekend, and he he was pretty electric, wasn't he in uh, in that one? I oh, he did some things, but he's not. He's not come on. I, I, I yeah. Uh, I can name a, a dozen down at North Melbourne, which I won't waste everyone's time with. Um, it look it. it Rory it, Sloan is an old one who's dropped off and now injured. Yeah, look, it is. It is hard to uh, to pick the old ones. It's almost like you've sort of got to you know cast your mind over uh, you know who's been playing in the twos and. And just sort of see the names you're sort of getting in there. Darcy Moore disappeared a little bit. Well, that, that just last week sticking in my mind. Well, yeah, that might be like recency bias. It it, it is uh, it is tricky when you see that. Uh, that I mean that leads to another question. I mean, does um, you know do we have great defenders? We're always talking about the big forwards, but you know the, there's so much zoning off. Uh, you know. Do we have great defenders in our game? I'm, I'm, I'm jumping out on a tangent while I try and find one for you, and I have got one for you. Matt Crouch, he's he's dropped off uh, from the Crows. He, he's uh, well, he's dropped last week he's and dropped, fighting yeah. for his spot. So there's one for you. Um, who else can I get you? I mean, Reese Matheson, he hasn't been seen for the Lions. I'm working through a list here. Lockie Plowman, he's been battling illness. Paddy Dow, we, we, we haven't seen. You can't get in the side, Paddy Dow. Yeah, Mason Cox, he, he's dropped off. If you mm. want, is that, am I stretching there? I'm, I'm working my way down. Um, yeah, it's, look, it might be one to get back to. Speaking of questions to get back to, by the way, did you check out that Liam Neeson uh, list? Have you got a few that you can give us there? Uh, the top five. Yeah, I know. I'm watching Schindler's List um, this Saturday, two ten p.m. <laughs> two ten p.m. The traditional slot. Oh, we'll we'll get back to that one. 
Um, that that was that was good with Nick Hind. Let, let's put it to the listeners, the uh, the players that have dropped off. We've both caught each other uh, without notice there, and I don't mind it. So let's put it to the fans, players you think have dropped off. Send them through. Uh, we might get uh, a poll up as well, just to uh, see what the fans think of of the ones that we do pull out. Um, I just wanted to bring up something that I saw bubbled up last week, and I think it's sort of reached a resolution now. But um, I was interested to see the uh, redevelopment at Punt Road uh, got through uh, over the last week, Seb. So did it get through? I saw Richmond were threatening to leave. Well, that was the last was I heard. It's now it's happening. The redevelopment's going ahead. The Jack Dyer stand will come down, and they'll they'll put something new and shiny up. And I think the ground capacity goes from four to eight thousand, and and we'll go from there. But uh, I was going to say, when Richmond were threatening to leave, geez, it had it, it looked like Seaford 2.0. I couldn't imagine what the Tigers would do if they left Punt Road. That That's not just... It's a, such a spiritual home for them. And it's not exactly like there's uh, a couple of free ovals in the Melbourne CBD uh, or in the suburbs for them to go to. So was, was that them just sort of wielding their, their power, the Tigers? Uh, I think it was a baby throwing out the the bath toys, wasn't it? <laughs> Just cracking like, it. Honestly, it, w- it was all over. There's a heritage overlay, and they weren't allowed to knock it down. They had to sort of keep the the overlay on. That, that's where it all started. And they threatened to leave and, and spit the dummy. Um, I would have stood firm and told them to go. I would have loved like, to have seen what they would have done in that situation because you know. It, I'm with you. It was cracking it, and it was basically empty words, just with a little bit of, you know, drama sprinkled in. They're held to account, and I, I bet you the scrambling and the backpedalling would have been extraordinary. All, all for a redevelopment. That you know. Well, it's like, a big club getting bigger. They don't really. I mean, they're, they're not the worst facilities in the comp. Yeah, it'd be nice if some of these clubs paid their own facilities, sort of thing. Um, that's probably a little bit rich coming from a, a North Melbourne supporter, but uh, <laughs> I mean, the state government we just pay for everything. They, they bring the Commonwealth Games time. They're going to upgrade regional facilities all across the state, and then forget about them in three months' time after they're done. Yeah, well, let, let's hope that's not the case. Because, uh, well, I mean, if if that is the case, I guess you know you you sort of want your AFL clubs sniffing out opportunities there, don't you? With that. They're still push, like we say, you know, we're selling games in cans, the dogs are up in Ballarat, I mean, is a game in a regional area better than going up to a soaked cans oval? I don't, I'm not sure. Well, I'm going to look at, I'm going to look at some of this. I think I'm going to do a little video series, but uh, if I'd have told you I was starting up a competition, a nationwide competition in Australia, but I'm going to have 10 of the teams in, in like, Victoria and nine of them in Metro Melbourne of the 18 you'd call me absolutely bonkers but that's the state of play right now well, you've ignored a fair bit of history with that one but that that is the state of play well, I mean what's the ideal number given you know Melbourne's history with the game and uh, you know the demographics we've got three three teams so are you keeping the comp at 18 or are you bringing that number down too no no keep it at 18 you just got to move them jeez uh, do you want to go into where you'd be sending teams and uh, name particular clubs or should we save that one for another night i'm happy to go there if you want no nah, we can do it and you want a question without notice this is it yeah. like uh, I, this is not prepared but i can start telling you <laughs> where teams should move well, let, let's go into it. I, I like when we get on these tangents. So, who are your three that stay that get to stay in Melbourne? The lucky three for uh, for us that live in this great town. Well, th- this is probably the toughest thing. Like, who who gets to stay, and why would they get to stay? Um, do you have to keep the three biggest? Because that'd be Richmond, Collingwood, Carlton. Yeah. Um, well, Hawthorne, Hawthorne have been, claims. Well, they've been more successful, but they're not as big as those. So. Yeah, tough, but yeah, probably fair. Um, so there are some probably some easier teams to move. Like the dogs just head out to Ballarat naturally. 
Yeah, so you're not you're not subscribing to you know you you could give them the west, which is a real growth area. Yeah, from Ballarat onwards. <laughs> okay, you've given them real real west. All right, yeah, so they, they go to they've Ballarat. They've got to go regional. They've got to go regional. Um, you need a team in sort of like Newcastle. Oh, see, so moving moving up into New South Wales. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You need another team in there, so you send north north. Yeah, right. So you're going to Newcastle. You wouldn't just merge you with the Suns. That that'd probably make sense. You well, wanted to go up there in 07. Then, you, then you've got to add in another license to get back to 18. Oh yeah, fair. And see, we don't need the money going up there. We're, we're debt free, so we can just go to Newcastle and survive. Um, the Saints have to go to Tassie. Well, Southern Saints writes itself. Does it? I've, I'm writing it. I'm not saying we should do that whatsoever Saints fans I just think it has a snappy ring to it but uh, I've heard it elsewhere and I'm bringing that in Um, well just in terms if you've got I'm saying if you've got too many you've got to start moving them and this will again disclaimer this will never happen moving all these teams we might see one moved in our lifetime I reckon oh if that that'd be the most well we might have already seen it happen back in the 90s that's that might be it the the merge well I mean merging's the a different South thing, Melbourne, but, South Melbourne top, yeah that well that wasn't in our time but oh, I guess Brisbane well, Fitzroy mm-hmm. that was a merge Fitzroy going up and then where do you put it, your club it? North we, Melbourne you, you were called Kangaroos for a stretch there and then you've come back to North Melbourne does that does that one count changing the name oh and you know we we. You, you tried to move up to Sydney for a stretch there. Home games in Sydney. Yeah, what's wrong with home games in Sydney? I'm just saying, I'm confused because you were called the Kangaroos. So you sort of gave away your where from Melbourne side of things then and, and were yeah. looking for a little bit of a rebrand even though you were absolutely fine. We're really digging into some tangents now. I don't mind it. Who, who else is going places? Also, yeah. See, three three teams in Melbourne is really tough. It probably should have been five or six, um, which you could say is me weaseling out of the answer. <laughs> Where would you send them? I mean... Oh, they like going to Alice Springs. Oh, you reckon to the Northern Territory? Well, that would cover off your base of all states. That would be a truly national game. You could have that one. I think the Northern Territory should get a team. I don't know if sending Melbourne there would be the answer, though, Tom. Yeah, I don't know how it um, would go. This does get a little tricky. Um, like you'd send Essendon to Perth. Third Perth team. Uh, not necessarily in Perth, but somewhere in WA. You reckon they're, they're the next, uh, you know, footy heartland, obviously, apart from They Tassie. love going over there to play like a Freo or a West Coast. <laughs> they always get up. They love that trip. Yeah, well, funnily enough, uh, there's a fair support for the Saints, the Western Saints over there, so maybe maybe we'll send the Bombers to Tassie and we'll go to Perth. Yep, we well, we can do that. Now I don't know why I'm week. offering up the Saints as a moving option. We we can just take the southern eastern side of Melbourne with plenty of people in it and we'll, we'll remain in Melbourne. How about that one? Yeah, the $16 million of debt, Tom, I think he's, he's sending it. Uh, who else do I have to move? Uh, Hawthorne probably go to Adelaide, don't they? They're a little bit slow behind the people. <laughs> Half hour behind regular time. I don't, could you have two teams in Tassie or is that going too far? Gee, what with Launceston and Hobart? You probably could get away you get with the that. southern rivalry down there. Yeah. Oh, Economically, it wouldn't to work. Canberra too. Oh, yeah, actually, that's Jeff true. K- Hawthorne might make sense. Jeffy Kennett's a bit of a political figure. <laughs> we, we've stretched this one, I reckon, just about as far as it can go, <laughs> but I don't mind it. I'm presenting, let's put that one out to the listeners. What do you think? This is this is the kind of week we're having. We've gone deep into this, and I don't mind it. Uh, but keep keep the ideas coming so, for us. Uh, what, do, what do you reckon about where your club should go? 12 rows back at gmail.com. Obviously, that's very tongue-in-cheek. Um, but... I'd love to hear some suggestions as to what team should move and why and not the obvious North have got no money and they're terrible. They should be the Tasmanian team. Um, St Kilda owe X number in their debt, move them. Like the real obvious stuff that just gets bandied out um, by certain figures in the media. Give us some more interesting stuff. Use your brains, listeners. Good. That's, that's, a, that's what I'm asking. Um, and yes... 
it, it, it it's not going to happen but have some fun with this exercise. Like we're we're in May, we're start we're getting close to the June weeks, where some of the games aren't so great. Tom, some teams are sort of quit. Some good teams are playing some bad teams. Uh, I just looked at the fixture today, and there's there's an interesting slate on Sunday. Tom, you probably won't be penciling in time for the couch on this Sunday. Well, I put this straight on the agenda as soon as I saw the, the round of games. So I'm, I'm someone, Seb, that likes to get my tips in early and go off gut feel. Currently on top of the work tipping, and now I've said that, I've jinxed it and I'm going to drop. But I had a look at the Sunday games, and I we're going to do another exercise and try and find some positivity, positivity for our listeners here because the slate of games on Sunday is a genuine shocker. So... You've got Suns v Dockers at, at Metricon at uh, 140, into Giants v Blues at Giants Stadium at 320 on the Sunday, into the Eagles playing the D's at 520 Eastern Time. Uh, that is a nightmare slate of games, Seb. Uh, and I'm just saying that because Suns, not a huge following. Frio playing an early game on a Sunday. I'm not sure of that. Giants v Blues, it might as well... I mean, at one stage, these were almost the same club. They were a farm for each other. This one doesn't have a whole lot of ring to it. And Eagles v Ds, you, you, you couldn't have given the Ds an easier game right now to as they go on their undefeated run. Thanks um, for that one, Sheb. So I'm trying to find some positives in these games, Seb. Did I just get Sheb? Yeah, uh, no, I think I was trying to say... Shem and then yeah. go to Seb in the same you got, word. You got Sheb. Um, just for the record, the D's may get an easier game next week. Well, there you go. At Marvel, so they don't have to travel. And Max, they're going to rest Gorn for this game, and he'll be back cherry ripe to I'll take on the most improved player in the comp. Um, now, look, what, what positives can we get out of this round? Because look, it's a dead set stinker. It, it, it's not not three games you want to see on your Sunday. I don't think you're going to set your watch for any of them. I mean, the only positive I can see jumping out here is if it's a sunny afternoon in Perth, the D's might give 200 points a shake. <laughs> you, reckon, you, reckon, you reckon that's on the cards? It, um, it could be. Well, here, let's let's start at the top. The Suns are a chance to win this. You, up in Metricon, you reckon a little home that, ground advantage? It's the longest trip in football, Perth to Queensland. WA to Queensland, Queensland to WA. Um the Dockers, like, no one wants to play footy at 11.40. It's a bit dewy underfoot. You know, it's tough. It's tough. Freo won't be used to it. Um, they could get, they could jump them a little bit, and that could become an interesting game. Um, you know, wouldn't you love the Suns, who no one cares about, to show some heart and get stuck into Will Brody and go, hey, oi, like, yeah. you're soft for us. You did nothing for us. You go over there and you set the world on fire. What's wrong with you? Look, that that probably might be something that, that sparks it up. I guess the Suns have uh, Sammy Collins as well if the Dockers want to uh, return fire, although I think they let him go reasonably easy. Um, the Dockers are playing great footy, so they're not box office, you would say, but they're... Or oh, they're box office. You reckon they're box office? Yep. I, 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 the reason I'm giving the Suns a bit of a chance is... Um, the the distance, the travel, the road trip, and everything else. Um, no, the the Dockers are seriously good, Tom. No, I, I believe that. But good. when you say box office, I mean this this could be you know fifty v sixty uh, as a scorecard. So is that box office? Do they need to score more than that, or do you think that this game actually could develop into a real uh, scoring's not the be all and end all? But you know, are we going to see a bit more of an open game? Uh, well, Freo are... Are they number one defence in the comp? Or two just behind Melbourne? Them and Melbourne are like far and ahead of everyone else. So their game is not built on scoring. Um, but, look, you, you could say it could be a dour game. Uh, I still... I still reckon they're worth watching because you've just got this back line that works so well together and you've got young players coming through. Um, but they don't... They tend not to, like Melbourne, put the cue in the rack very early. Melbourne are so guilty of playing two quarters and going, yep, done, thank you, we're up nine goals to one, let's shut shop. If they get back into it, so be it, we're still in control. Um, So 
I don't see the Demons giving that a shake in Perth. I think they're actually being coached to, if they can get a lead of five, six, seven, eight goals, put the foot on the brakes and just make sure they're not doing anything silly and, and risking injury and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so, how, so how does that? How does that? How do you reckon that would work? Would Would you sort of say you know bit of tempo footy, keep it in our possession, yeah. um, you know switches and. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that that classic tempo ball is it that simple? Yeah, it, or is it, it stacking it is their numbers? I, I guess it's all your kind of defensive uh, tactics, isn't it? Yeah, but they know the the one thing that'll get in the way of them winning the flag is injuries, and they hardly had one in two years. Fair. Um, Salem, I hear, is back training. Um, you know, they've had Lever in and out a little bit, but not. You know, they're not missing two or three to ACLs that aren't coming back. Yeah, and, and they've had the cover, um, and and I, they're well aware of it. They're, that club in particular is aware that sometimes things are bad. They're bad for a while, so when they're good, you got to make the most of your chances, and that's exactly what they're doing. Um, they just need to avoid injury, get through unscathed. Like percentage isn't really going to impact them. They're going to be ten and zip. Um, yeah, that that's going to happen. So you you can't see you know. We talked about it, Benny Brown and his downhill skiing. I mean, how many can you see him kicking in this game? Has he got a bag of six? Or, you know, Fritch Fritch has been okay this year, okay, without setting the world on fire. Are we going to see a big bag in this one? No, 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 not a big bag here. Um, McGovern's one of the best defenders in the competition. If he goes to Brown, Brown, like, he'll eat Brown alive. It just depends on whether he's playing on Brown or playing as a team defence down back where Brown might get loose, you know, no, that, through other defenders. That's fair. So you, you, you're not giving me the 200. Well, what about the other side of the coin? Can can the Eagles kick more than two or three goals in this game? Whoa, that's I'm, a good I'm, question. I'm just going off, you know, the Ruse kick three against Freo. You're probably better than West Coast. Freo probably aren't as good as the D's. I mean, yeah, it, it all comes down to care factor, doesn't it? Like, if the D's really want to put the foot down, they really could keep West Coast to a very low score. They could. Uh, no, I think you'll see the Eagles get five or six goals. Like a little bit of looseness, a couple of junk timers, or, or just a patch where the D's just lose some concentration? Oh, the Eagles have got some good footballers. Well, that might be the difference between them and North. <laughs> um, That's honest. Like Liam Ryan is an outstanding footballer. Yep. And he managed to snag a few. Um, yeah. I can't name too many other forwards <laughs> for them. They kick goals. Oh, Jack Darling um, on Kennedy. They're still there, but. You oh, know. Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. But, you know, if, Melbourne's, if Melbourne can set up, those guys won't trouble them and that they know what they're doing. Um, yeah, look, it's not a set your watch game. Like I can, I can give you that. The odds on this this AFL website, as they're so prominently displayed, dollar oh one demons. So throw that into your multis for a little spicer. <laughs> and what, what can you get for the Eagles? You know, I'm assuming this is. It prob- says seventeen dollars, but if you're smart, you'll go one to thirty nine because they probably won't get above that. <laughs> you might get that's... like twenty ones or something. That's that's there's a tip. If you think the Eagles win one to thirty nine. Yeah, look, I probably wouldn't be encouraging any responsible gamblers to put any money on the Eagles in twenty twenty two unless Stranger it's the spoon market. Things but have happened. This Stranger might things have happened. The the strain it, look, this will be the biggest upset of all time, bar none if it happens. But what about the See, I want the demons to give them that hundred and twenty point flogging. And then North a chance next week. <laughs> Just lower the senses of the D's. That'll make my year. Um, and there is a middle game, Tom. There's yeah, Blue, Blues-Giants. Cup. Yep. Um, Sorry, I cut you off there. What was that cup? Steve Silvani Cup. Ah, yep. Not that he played well for both, but just in terms of the recruitment. Um, in terms of those who played for both, there's a lot of great names for the cup, isn't there? Oh, Christian Jacks. Marchbank? Yeah, Marchbank, he'd be up there. Or well, Plowman, he he played for both. Oh, Halpin? Yes, that's a good one that was Blues to the Giants. That's uh, rarely yeah, seen. Yeah, that, that went reverse way, not Silvani bringing him in. Um, amazingly, I, I have to look this up. This is telling me that uh, the Giants are favourites. That can't be right, can Ooh, it? Well, that doesn't seem right. Like, they're, they're severely out of form and, and their coach is hanging on by a thread. So that, that probably keeps them... I it guess keeps them relevant. Keeps them relevant. The wall style. But 
look, if anything, that's a sort of reflection of probably the Carlton of old. That you know they you know they they're in good form. You know, the Blues of old. I guess their form's not what we've seen of them this year, but. You know, they, this is the kind of game they traditionally, you would say, would drop. You know, interstate trip against an okay opponent, and and you know that happened a few weeks ago against the Sun. So, you know, they've banked the wins, but it's these kind of wins I think that that you want to see from the Blues if they are going to turn it around. Um, I mean, we are saying these games are unwatchable, but Paddy Cripps alone is box office for me, Seb. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. He, he's box office. He's big time. Um, Harry Mackay out. Hurts the Blues. Yeah. Um, the Giants are favourites, Tom. So yeah, That's interesting. Who, who did you tip? You said you'd look ahead to, to get your tips in and you're on top of the comp. Uh, no, yeah, I really tweeted that, uh, tooted that my own horn there. Um, oh, do you want me to tweet that? Uh, you could probably leave it out because yeah, it, it'll be something I referred to back in August when I'm finished seventh. No, I'm going to win it this year. Um, no, I think I tipped the Blues. Oh, I'm, believe, I'm, I'm on your wagon, Seb. You've said they've arrived and they're the real deal. So uh, I think they get this one done, but it'll probably be under 15. It'll be close. It'll be a, a thriller up in Sydney. I feel like you're one of the few people who holds any weight to what I say on this podcast, <laughs> uh, declaring them the real deal. Um, look, the Giants are really dangerous because their backs are against the wall. And despite the fact they're down, they're still a team and they're a proud team. Despite, and again, despite the fact they're an expansion club with no heart and soul. Um, <laughs> Toby Green's box office too. So yeah. there's box office both sides of this. And you can see that's why Channel 7 managed to get this one home. Um, it... The Blues would want to win this to solidify that spot in the eight. They'd go seven and two, I think. They're five yeah. and zero at home, one and two on the road. So they probably want to get a road win, solidify that spot in the eight, sort of top four style. Um, lot to play for for the Blues. Like you drop this one, and it's genuine. Yep, they're going to be bottom half of that eight. Yeah, no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, whereas the other two teams that are, you expect to be winning on this day, Freo and Melbourne. Um, they're winning to sort of solidify a top two shot in a home prelim. Absolutely. So, look, there, there's some, you know, we, we found some light in, in the dark of Sunday. The games are now officially watchable. They've got the 12 rows back, seal of approval. Uh, you can enjoy what we've recommended there. Uh, I'm so keen, Seb, before we get into our game of the round, which is another positive spin, but uh, you've got something on the rumour mill uh, that I'm keen to uh, get into uh, I love when you go here. So what what have you got for us? What have you sourced? So, well, the information I've got, and just to, the drums are beating on this one a little bit harder. Um, quick timeline. Uh, it's North Melbourne related. David Noble, obviously it's come out that he gave the team a real spray after losing by 108 points to the Lions. There was a young player allegedly in, in tears or close to tears afterwards. He's come out and apologised now, as it's got wind through the media. Uh, so we're talking five main... weeks, aren't we? That was round three. Yep, round three. Yeah, when we're, we're not we're not a good round three side anymore. <laughs> um, he, uh, Jason Horn Francis, has put off contract talks, um, which is fair enough. He's played eight games. Um, I know some others have signed, but it doesn't mean he has to. And you know, put some pressure on the club to sort of work out where they're going and, and make a plan. Um, Todd Goldstein's off at the end of the year, apparently. There's all this talk. And the one thing I keep hearing, Tom, is we're reaching out to a former captain, current coach in the AFL. So, for our listeners, that that's obviously not Clarko. That's, uh, he was bloke. never captain. No, I don't think Longmire was captain. Yeah, that'd be a good example. No, we're going out west. We're talking Adam Simpson, um, who was sounded out two years ago instead of Noble, and he didn't want to come, and, and you know, west coast are where they're at. Um, for Simpson, he'd be coming home. He would be, instead of doing the rebuild of those older players out, he'd have some, well, a stack of young talent there and, and the opportunity to get another one this year. Um, it tick a lot of boxes and make a lot of sense for everyone. Do you think... It's possible and doable? I, I think it is definitely possible and doable. We, we've said before that 
we're pretty unforgiving in our game in that, you know, coaches are usually, we don't see a whole lot of, you know, getting a second crack or even really much movement between the clubs. Like, you, yeah, have a look at the NFL and see some of their coach movement. It, it is insane. So we need to do more of it if it's there. This makes sense to me, I think, Seb. I actually would like to see it. Um, and I think the, the drums will beat from two angles. Obviously... I mean, we're probably going early on Noble. He's he's barely had any time to prove himself, let's be honest. He's had, what, a year and eight games. If we lose by 80-plus to Port Adelaide... Well, that, that's, that's the thing. And then we play Melbourne and we lose by 80-plus to Melbourne... What conversations are being had then? Exactly. And then the argument... Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, maybe I'm being too patient with him. But then the other side of it is, you know, Simpson, has he had his run at... At West Coast, has he, you know, got the most he can out of that group, and this is just a nice natural time to to sever ties. I mean, does he have a full bottom? You know, they're 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 down the bottom. Um, does he have a build them back up to the top, rebuild in him? Does the club have the patience to let him do that properly? Uh, there's question See, marks it there. Be, it wouldn't be great if he left on the basis of, well, I don't really want to do this rebuild. I'm going to go over there and get the list with all the young players, a bit uh, bit Ross Lyon style. Yeah, but the, it looked... Um, left the Saints as a sinking ship, went to Frio, squeezed them, jumped off that ship, tried to jump on Carlton, didn't quite get there. Yeah, yeah, uh, opportunistic, I'll say that. But, well, I mean, he is going to have to do a rebuild, isn't he, though? Like, when you say that, because now I'm thinking, you know, the, the Roos do have the talent, but they're not exactly even north of 14th place. They're, you know, it's, 16th, it's 17th versus 18th, pick your poison sort of stuff. But there's well, more to yeah, like but, at the but, Ruse at the moment. Yeah, well, the, the players under 24 at the Ruse versus West Coast, you know. Yeah. It, it, they're chalk and cheese. Um, and West Coast have just been hit by a lot of things. Um, I I don't think he'll leave now if he didn't leave two years ago. Um, you, so two years back, what, the 2020 COVID year? Yeah, yeah, after Reshaw left, we needed a coach and... and um, I I am worried we're going to end up in a Carlton style. The board keeps sacking coaches, and they're the problem. Yeah, that, that, look, it's probably fair to be worried about that. I reckon because I mean, there's a few uh, there's a few red flags bobbing up, isn't there? Yep, there is. But uh, this wasn't a North Melbourne chat. It was a genuine no, rumor that... that they are sounding out uh, Simpson, and by that extension i bet you they're sounding out longmire too yeah see interesting that one that that one would really intrigue me because i like i mean we're just talking it uh, talking about it because i guess you know length of term do they need a new challenge we're assuming that you know they're not happy with their lot it, it'd be great to be an afl coach so i i don't think it's it, it's a taxing role that let's that's, that's be sure but there's different degrees and you know if you're going to a rebuilding team that's probably as hard as it gets it would be taxing but even rebuilding like if you're Simpson if you stay at West Coast you still got people around you structure around you within the club everyone knows how things should work under your watch whereas you go to North and you've got to reinstate all the standards all of this all the the times and all that again Um, so it you, you wouldn't necessarily leave a, a good situation like horse Longmire probably wouldn't but um well just interesting that i saw the way it was tweeted was to not um not disclose exactly who it was and while well, there's only so many captains yeah i know that's it was just coached um so anyway uh one one for the rumor mill and and the the only other thing i'll say about this is um clarkson will also be sounded out by our club and by at least I think 10 to 12 other clubs yep. you do not want to be the th- second third or fourth team axing a coach this year because y- you're, act- you're then behind the eight ball in the search yeah and if Clarkson's available might be worthwhile doing it sooner rather than later and just giving Clarko that blank check and just, just come on down Alistair um would you rather Clarko or Adam Simpson if, if Noble was to leave? Clarko. Yep. Because, because Simpson played for North and there's an issue of a boys club starting in the background. And Sorry, 
Clarkson also played for North. No, well, it's um, different there, isn't it? He wasn't. Uh... Simpson played with Archer and so on and so forth, and that's dangerous. Whereas Clarkson didn't, and Clarkson's known as a Hawthorne man, really. Um, whereas Simpson still no. Simpson was club captain versus Clarkson played. Yeah. I think under nineteens and a little bit. So Clarko, but you know, lot to play out, Tom. Uh, give us a positive game. Game of the round. Yeah. So look. I'm, There's only one in my eyes, isn't there? Well, look, I'll gi- I'll, I've got to give the Saints and Geelong a shout-out because that is oh, going right. to be an extraordinary game. But for the listeners, I'll take my Saints hat off for a second. Geelong's Even though- 100th game at Marvel? Yeah, there you go. Oh, didn't know that. I, I, I can picture a famous one in 2019 where they uh, they didn't win, but that's all good. No, that, that's probably <laughs> the best of it. Uh, How Saints- did you not say 2011? Uh, well, no, 2009. Yeah, that's what I mean. That that's the game I'm talking about. Oh, so you said 2019, Tom. Oh, sorry, 2019. Uh, no, no, I meant tw- I meant 2009. I thought there was another one. Yeah, well, we did have a we did have a good win against them in 2016. Yeah, uh, I've given the wrong year. How that that year comes to a Saints fan real quick, uh, and I got it wrong. But anyway, now that game's an outstanding game. But I, I've got to give uh, a shout out to the the Swans Essendon game. Yes, the Dons are back, or whatever you want to believe. The Swans on the rebound, but. It's underrated. These two teams consistently play out close games. Close games, And they're yep. not just dour struggles. They're entertaining games. So that, that one on a Saturday night at the SCG has all the makings of an absolute beauty, particularly if we get the good, skilled Essendon that we saw for a quarter last week. If they can do that for longer, uh, it'll make this one interesting. And look, they yeah, it's just close. It could be one of the... Uh, you know Melbourne v no. interstate team rivalries. If uh, if we did that as an industry, yeah, well, it would be great. Newcastle versus um, Sydney. It'd be real, real big. New South Wales um, derby. No, look. So this game sort of stuck out because they do play close games. A little bit of hatred and um, sort of blood in the in the waters here. Um, but it's really important for Essendon. Great comeback and win at the end of the game last week against Hawthorne. It's really important they just back it up with a real solid outing. I don't care if they win or lose, but a real solid outing. Um, to They'll get some confidence out of the win last week, but if they come out and lose by eight goals to the Swans, that sort of disappears really quickly. But if they come out and fight, lose by a couple of goals, whatever, um, it's all like, yeah, well, we can, we're going to have to ride off the first seven weeks of the year, but we can win some games we can start doing some things and put putting some building blocks together so that's certainly all you want to see from Bombers fans um, I find the first game of the week a little bit interesting in Collingwood playing the Dogs more so because of their ladder positioning yeah look I, I'm with you this, it's ninth versus 10th the winner goes in yeah this is big probably yeah big, you could almost argue that for the next game Tigers v Hawks, it's 8th v 12th, but there's a couple of games here where, you know, your touch on the 8 is up for grabs. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's exactly what I'm seeing. I mean, the Dogs probably don't want to rest Bont again, do they? That wasn't their smartest. Oh, you reckon they rested him? No, they did. Oh, they actually did, that's a fact. He was outmanaged. Oh, there you go. I thought he had some sort of knee niggle or ankle niggle. He might be... No, he, he doesn't he seem fine, fit. Does he seem fit to you? Oh, uh, well... I guess Pete Cripps has been fit for four years, but yeah, okay, yeah. it's ragged on him. Like he's fit, he's playing, he's fit, he's good enough to have an impact. Um, but if that was a final, he wasn't getting managed. Um, yeah, absolutely. It just, yeah, it wasn't the week to do it. Um, so, yeah, Port, uh, Port, Port Adelaide Magpies. There, there you go. Um, Collingwood Dogs is just that Marvel. Um, the winner in for the eight. The dogs lose. They're three and six. Are they really going to play finals from there? Yeah, the, oh yeah, that, that's what I mentioned earlier. They'll they'll be officially two games back, and you know that that's a long way. I know it Plus doesn't percentage. sound much. Yeah, and yeah, the percentage is one hundred two six. Like that's not not great. So they they're coming from a long way. Pies, you know, we have enjoyed their year this year, but you know they, they've they've sort of petered a little bit for me. That like they. Yes, you know, they're sitting ninth. They had some good wins, but yeah, it's, you know, they've enjoyed uh, the weather while, you know, it's been nice and it's just going to get to, you know, the 
that that you know winter is coming for the Game of Thrones fans out there and and the depths of winter when it gets real hard. Uh, so they need a bank win. So it's massive for them too. Yeah, it is. It is. So there is there is a little bit to watch out for. Not just your own team this weekend, Tom. Not and not <laughs> not not your own team. I mean, just in general, footy fans. You, you know, there are some other some other classics. Probably not Brisbane Adelaide on the Saturday night. Um, probably not North Melbourne Port. But uh, hey, Port need to. They've won three in a row. They need to go and win this and win well, and suddenly their percentage is back over a hundred, and they're four and five. Exactly. With uh, I was going to say with the Rooster come, they got them this week. They're back in touch. So look, um, there's Charlie Dixon might kick twelve. <laughs> I was going to say we're we're worried for you, but look, where, where is this game? Is this one at Marvel? I mean, Blundstone. Oh, Blundstone. That adds X, X factor for me. I, I genuinely don't know what goes on in that plane trip down, but we've seen it in past years. Something stirs up in North. Didn't quite happen this year, so I'm not sure. But that, yeah, look, you can. We did it in the last three games. Here, we can pull positives out. We hope you enjoy the round. Either way, it's going to be a ripper. As we say, we're going to learn more. Uh, give us your thoughts. Twelve rows back. The, uh, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Gmail.com. Uh, it's all there. We'll answer anything that comes through and. Hope your team has a win. 